Hey, it's Mike, freshly back from NFT NYC, the big NFT show in New York. And I wanted to share a couple thoughts, a couple takeaways from three or four days in the city, bopping around and looking at a lot of projects, talking to a lot of people. And I'm going to group those thoughts into three general areas that are competition, community, and culture, and the way those three things really relate to story. All right. So, the first is competition. There is a mind-numbing number of projects out there. Really remarkable. Like, you know, this thing happened in Times Square and walking back and forth from the hotel and between the events, you were assaulted by NFT projects on billboards all around you. And I think that is a, a powerful metaphor for the competition that a new NFT project has with everything else going on in the world. I talked last time about the power of emotion to cut through the noise of life. I use the example of two proto-humans on the savanna, one of whom sat there intellectualizing the presence of a, you know, saber-toothed tiger and the other one who ran away terrified only to be able to pass on his genes to our you know, uh, distant relatives. And, you know, that lizard brain ability, that ability of emotion to cut through is so fundamental in an environment where there's just a lot happening. You have to connect with people on some kind of emotional level. There has to be some kind of visible link, something to signal relevance to people, something that grabs them and gets them to respond. You know, the simplest way to do that is is with something already familiar to them, right? So the most exciting news to come from this thing for me is that Bill Murray is doing a series of NFTs with his son. Bill Murray is someone with whom I have a relationship of a kind, you know, someone whose work I've followed, who I've been a huge fan of for, you know, forever. And of course that caught my attention. Like that cut through the noise, certainly. A uh, picture of Bill and the excitement of being able to own, you know, an NFT of, of him from, I don't know, Rushmore. I mean, pick your Bill Murray, whatever. But anyway, that cut through, right? Other things that caught my attention, if I'm honest, were, um, you know, very attractive people from the opposite sex. Um, that always works to get people to pay attention. Uh, that is some lizard brain shit going on there, and there's just nothing you can do about it. Promises of riches, promises of fame of, you know, recognition, validation, like these are all simple ways to get people's attention and they work. Now, if you are lucky enough to be Bill Murray's offspring or to be hugely attractive to any or all genders, then good for you. You've got a big leg up in not only the world of NFTs, but in the world. Um, but, uh, if you're not, or if you're in a space where it's just simply not appropriate to put celebrities or very attractive people out in front of your project, you're going to need another way to create that emotional connection. And the only way I know to do that is with a story. You know, how do you go from a standing start to something that engages people emotionally? Well, you, you got to tell a story that is relevant to them that lets them get invested in a character or in some kind of 
uh, journey. When you look at the things that are broken through, you know, Goblin Town, uh, I sort of encountered that and, and just found it remarkable. I think they're ugly, nasty little things, but that was really appealing to a whole group of people. I, I couldn't believe that was like mobbed. And then, you know, the Bored Ape thing, uh, those guys were everywhere. I'm going to talk a little bit about that when it comes to some of the cultural challenges of these tradable commodities. But anyway, the point is that, that if you're launching a crypto project, whether it's an NFT or some protocol or whatever it is, there's lots of so much happening in crypto, people that are attuned to that. You have to find a way to break through the noise and you do that with emotion. And unless you're willing to, you know, throw out all ethical concerns and, and, you know, shamelessly shill yourself, the right way to do that is with a story that breaks through. All right. So that is competition. Second is really community. And one of my big takeaways from this show is that there is an authentic core at the heart of all this hype. You know, it's obviously a, a down market for crypto in general, crypto winter, very kind of Game of Thronesy there. But uh, that seems to have cleared out some of the tourists, you know, people who are just mercenary traders, people that were in it really for purely speculative reasons. And there were still a bunch of those people there. I mean, I was there, right? I'm, a, I'm a, I guess, a money guy, not a creator. But beneath all that, I met a lot of really sincere people with something to say or an idea they wanted to share and looking for ways to make a living doing that. There was something very real underneath all the shiny glitz and pomp and circumstance and hype and good intentions and whatever. It just, I don't know. I, I, I talked about it with a bunch of folks each night, just that there was something, something real there underneath all that glitz. And I think that's really important. You know, our focus as a fund is more on some of the picks and shovels of enabling people to play in this space as opposed to kind of pure plays on entertainment. But, but there is something real here. You know, I was talking to another investor, someone who, whose opinion I really respect about what he does to pick winners in the market to identify the teams that are going to have the most legs. And he said something I didn't expect, which was what he really looks for is an authentic commitment to whatever the stated mission is for the project. That he has really found that that has predictive value when it comes to the success of something. And that kind of, you know, authenticity of intent, that commitment to mission, it's something that I do think has predictive value in the broader startup world, but particularly in this world. I think it's really important. And when you're building community, it's hard to maintain a facade over the duration of time required to fully, you know, realize the potential of a project. And so it has to come from someplace real in order to be sustainable. And the communities I participated in, some oddball stuff, everything from the, you know, crypto bros, like listening to LCE sound system at a board ape event to I went to this like hug event that had like makeovers and people in like furry costumes. I and mean, it was like freaky, but people were really into it, committed to it. Not in a weird way. I mean, it sounds weird now that I say it, but it was just a sort of group of freaks and geeks who were really committed. And there's something really endearing and real in that. And I really do believe that that's at the core of the 
NFT community. And I think of the crypto community at large, there is something substantive beneath the hype. And I, and I think that is going to get us through whatever the duration of this, you know, painful stretch happens to be. The final piece really relates to culture. It's a thought that really was triggered by a tweet that I read during the show. And to sort of provide some context, I just want to share a quick anecdote here. One of my coolest moments at the show was as I was coming down my elevator at the hotel, I was standing at the door opens and Steve Aoki is standing there. And, you know, Steve Aoki is like a little dude and he, he looks very Japanese. Like he's got that very kind of Japanese facial hair configuration and long hair. Anyway, he's wearing this very super cool orange board ape hat and uh, B-A-Y-C, you know, written on it. And uh, I was like, hey, Steve Aoki. He's like, hey, man. You know, I almost expected him to have a Japanese accent, but he sounds more like a Californian. And he was just really cool. And, you know, I asked him how the show was going and he said he loved it. And this was on day three. So he had spoken on day one. He had been down there like in and around for the whole thing. Um, Spike Lee was there as well. And he, he was another guy that just seemed so committed and excited to be there and talked a lot about how creators were going to use this to secure the financing they need to make films. And anyway, it, it just was so great to have people like that who are in it for the right reasons. Right. And, you know, coming back to Aoki, his board ape hat is so emblematic of the way I think about the brand for that community. Right. Just kind of cool. Uh, a little bit hipster, a little bit on the edge, but just seems like just a great, a bunch of people you'd want to hang out with, right? That's what drove the valuation of that particular asset was a desire to commune, not only with celebrities, but with, you know, a whole bunch of regular folk who had the same worldview or a similar set of desires in terms of how they wanted to spend their time. Anyway, this tweet coming back to that was of someone who ran into a bored ape person someone in board ape gear who was a complete dick uh, just on the street. They were being obnoxious and like, it was a picture of like these two crypto bros, one of whom had sufficient board ape gear to indicate that he didn't just pick it up somewhere that he was probably an ape. And, and the tweet was like, geez, you know, um, the apers are, you know, douchebags or whatever. And, and I ran into a bunch of folks who own those assets and who are real believers in that community, Aoki among them, and they're just cool. They're, there's a lot of really cool people in that particular group. But I, there are some dicks um, as well, as there are in any community. And one of the things that struck me there was, you know, how do you maintain the culture of a group of people, you know, in a community that's gated primarily by, you know, the price of, of, of access? Right, price alone is not going to be enough to create uh, a, a community of people, a culture that people want to be a part of. You know, there's got to be something else, and and that something else again is is stories. You know, that is the surest way to create and pass along and sustain culture as new people come in and and come out. You know, that's how you communicate values. That's that's what we do with our kids. That is what we do as a society is we tell stories to ensure that, um, you know, the next generation understands all the learning about the importance of 
acting in the right way and, and taking care of other people and, you know, whatever. Every story with a moral at the end of the day was intended to pass on something that humanity had learned was important through trial and sometimes painful error. So again, I come back to this idea of story, uh, the emotional power of story being the key to breaking through the noise of competition, the role of story in signaling to, to true believers that this is the place for you, that we are your tribe, um, in building community and in bringing people together and, and the role of story in sustaining and defining culture within that community over time so that it comes to mean something that people can count on whether they're early entrance or late entrance into a group of people. All of this is enabled by stories. And if you don't have a good one, or even worse, if you don't appreciate the importance of one, I think you're really screwed in this space. And having spent the whole week with people who are doing well in it, I'm more convinced of that than ever. Anyway, that's this week's episode. If you liked it, please share it with someone. I really am trying to build audience and kind of get this thing to take off. Slow going in the early days, as many of you are no doubt aware. Uh, those five-star ratings inside wherever you're listening to this are a huge help. And next week, I am going to finally get after that uh, outline for the light paper that I promised last time. I hope this interlude was worth your time. Please shoot me feedback on Twitter, you know, wherever we're connected, on Telegram, whatever. And, uh, hey, I look forward to talking again next week. Thanks. Here come the